0: good afternoon ladies and gentlemen or maybe it's a good morning or maybe it's a good evening whenever you're listening to this wherever you are in the world we are back with the culture talks podcast here on november 30th 2019 just a few days after thanksgiving here in the states and um yeah, man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling a little bit tired, um, but I'm excited to drop in on this solo podcast. I feel like, you know, I really need to develop the ability to commit to being um, consistent with these podcasts. And, you know, I really wanted to get more guests on here, which I will, but me trying to get guests on here is also kind of preventing me from recording weekly. So Um, When the time is right, we'll have guests on. When the time is not right, then we'll go solo. I'm just happy to be back here talking to you guys again. Um, Currently, we are in the Mid-Continent Library here in Missouri. I just took one of these rooms out as a place to record the podcast in. There's not much like soundproof, so there is going to be some echoing. But uh, just rock with me through these podcasts, this early part of this podcast, and eventually we'll get into a professional studio where the audio sounds amazing. But for those of you who are listening now, thank you so much for listening, and I appreciate your love and support, and shout out to you. So, um, man, there's so much to talk about. Um, I think we'll start on Thanksgiving, since Thanksgiving was just a couple of days ago, Thanksgiving is such an interesting topic because a lot of times, you know, or, you know, Thanksgiving has been turned around to celebrate, you know, family, spending time with family, being grateful for what we have, and, um, just being happy to have whatever things we have in life, you know, whether it's our faith or our family or a house over our head or our children or our nieces and nephews, um, it's turned into a time to be grateful. But somebody proposed the idea to change Thanksgiving to family day. Um, Because Thanksgiving, if we really want to look at the history of it, I mean, it's like, we kind of just switched it all around, turned it into this old happy-go-lucky, you know, cool holiday that's all about positivity and love. But like, let's not forget about the genocide of millions of American Indians. Um, Like it's, it's America does a really good job at having, you know, (laughs) celebrating things that shouldn't really be celebrated, if that makes sense. And then tries to, you know, paint over it as if it's some beautiful picture, but behind that beautiful picture is really, some crazy atrocities. So I mean, I'm not going to dive too deep into it, but I just want to get your guys' insights, maybe some comments or some DMs about what do you think about Thanksgiving day? Should they change Thanksgiving day to family day? Um, should the holiday be taken away like in all um, should we celebrate it or is it disrespectful or like, I just want to know your guys's thoughts on it. Um, and you know, before you give me your thoughts, go do some research on, you know, Thanksgiving and, you know, the history of America's roots. And, yeah, just go do your research and then chop it out with me and we'll talk about it. Um, but besides the negative side of Thanksgiving, um, man, I enjoy my time with my family. We had some great food. Um, shout out to my sister, man. One of my sisters, I have a big family, but one of my sisters is like really be freaking goat when it comes to putting together events and food and, like, situations. Like, we never really, growing up, ooh, ooh, excuse my yawn, we never really, growing up, celebrated celebrated many birthdays or, um, like, you know, we did light stuff, but, like, basically, we're not a big celebration family, but since my sister moved back to Missouri from New York City, like, she's been back for a couple of years birthdays for my mom, for my dad, uh, holy days in our religion, um, you know, Christmas, New Year's, um, Thanksgiving, Halloween. They're, my sister's always throwing like a little house party where we get together as a family. Well, you know, as many people as we can get together. And she's a freaking amazing cook and we gather food and music and she just loves doing things like that and bringing people together. And she's damn good at it, too. Um, so, Man, shout out to my sister for putting together a dope Thanksgiving um, and for, you know, everything else she puts together. It's pretty sick. Um, It's pretty dope, man. But I hope all of you guys had an amazing Thanksgiving and, you know, family day. (laughs) Hopefully all of you guys had an amazing family day and that's that. But today I wanted to jump into talking... uh, so as you guys know, for those of you who listen or read the the bio of this podcast, we talk a little bit about business, about tech, about, um, you know, fitness, health and wellness, about music and and just, you know, things that are big in life. You know, we're always talking about business. Business is big in America and in the world. Um, you know, health and wellness is big. Um, pop culture with music is big. Um, And then, yeah, so that's what we talk about on here, Um, whether it's me solo talking or whether I interview some guests about their experiences in their career field. And, you know, it's just a very mixed and wide variety podcast where we mix all things um, business, culture, um, (laughs) business, culture and like motivation all together um, and just, you know with the intention of inspiring people or educating somebody or having elevated conversations outside of this podcast. So, again, thank you guys for listening. And let's jump into some tech talk, man. So, um, as many of you guys know, my family is from Tanzania. um, And every time I go back to Africa, one thing that I see a lot... I apologize. One thing that I see a lot is... A lot of Chinese, you know, like uh, people, Chinese people, and they build a lot of the roads. They help with a lot of the construction, a lot of um, the, uh, you know, medical, uh, what is it called? It's like basically um, herbalist, like medicine, you know, like natural medicine. Places in Tanzania are owned by Chinese, like a lot of people who I've been to a couple car sales places that were owned by Chinese. And basically the Chinese just have a big hand in Africa in general. Um, and in the latest tech news, um, you know, Africa is trying to little by little, you know, they're doing a really good job of, you know, creating startups and trying to enter into the tech world Um But Chinese investors recently have been doubling down on a lot of African startups, which I'm not surprised at at all, because the Chinese always have like, you know, they always know what's popping in Africa and they always have first dibs on things. So a few Chinese investors have like invested a lot into a few African startups. I think there was three um, fintech startups. Um, For those of you that don't know what fintech startups are, they're financial tech. So like, you know, apps or um, companies that, the focus is around finance, whether it's like, you know, online banking or, um, you know, Square Cash, PayPal, um, things like that. So um, three of these African fintech uh, startups are uh, were invested in um, heavily by some Chinese investors. So that's Opay, PalmPay and Lori Systems, um, which are, those are the name of the fintech startups in Africa. Um and overall, altogether, $240 million of venture capital funding from, I think they said, f- 15 different Chinese investors um, uh, just happened recently in the past week. And we're seeing an increase in a lot of Chinese investors um, trying to, you know, get get their hands in on the African tech scene, um, which is pretty awesome because, you know, there's freaking like, like – uh, like somewhere above 1 billion people in Africa and that's like one of the largest you know that's a large population and one of the largest populations that represent you know um unbanked or like underbanked populations um so fintech startups are really important for Africa and you know it's a promising, uh, you know, land for for digital, you know, startups and and apps and just tech in general in Africa is going to blow up over the next few years. I mean, imagine they have one of the largest population that continent has one of the largest populations in the entire world. I think maybe behind uh, India or something. Uh, well, India is not a continent, but like it just there's a lot of a lot of people over there, a lot of smart people, and a lot of resources. Um, so. You know, and a lot of you guys know that Acon's been doing a lot of work across Africa, doing I think light, uh, light Africa, light up Africa project or something like that. Forgot what the name of it is, but Acon's been doing a lot of work uh, around um, countries in Africa. I think mostly in like Central and West Africa so far, if I'm correct, of just like installing, um, you know, solar powered lights. Because uh, if you've ever been to Africa. Um, there's not many lights there's, you know, in America, you're walking down the street, there's lots of light poles, lamps in people's yards. Um, you know, people have yard lights and things of that nature, but in Africa, it's really dark at night. And as you can imagine, that can provide a lot of issues. Um, you know, one of the most important things to me is just safety, you know, um, people being able to see you, you being able to see people, safety of, you know, just away from bad people, um, just being able to see at night. Comes in handy, you know, when the sun goes down at seven o'clock and you still have work to do at night and you have no street lamps, nothing, um, the importance of light is amazing. So, shout out to Akon for doing that work. But what you guys don't know is that Akon got, I think, well, maybe you know, I think a billion dollar credit from China. Um, I don't know exactly if it's from Chinese investors or from China's government or what, but he got a billion dollar credit to work on this. So, China's always been, um, you know, trying to invest in Africa or, you know, make money out of Africa. So I'm not surprised at all that they, you know, are getting full first dibs on, um, you know, these uh, fintech company startups in Africa. So shout out to uh, the startup, you know, world and community in Africa. I know it's big in Nigeria and Ghana, but hopefully it begins to spread throughout I know one of those companies that we're getting invested in, Lori Systems. The third one I mentioned, the third uh, African fintech startup that was invested in by Chinese investors, is an East African trucking logistics company. So, you know, shout out to them. Shout out to East Africa. You know, that's where my roots are are based. So, shout out to that. Um, Also, you know, late late like more uh, news on tech. and tech that might apply directly to a lot of my listeners is a lot of you guys use TikTok or have heard about TikTok or are starting to get on TikTok. I know I just downloaded it like two weeks ago and been have been consuming a little bit of content on TikTok and trying to make my own posts. Just you know, trying to keep up to date. You know, I listen to a lot of Gary Vaynerchuk and he's telling about how the organic reach on TikTok and and uh, LinkedIn right now is out of this world and you know to jump on it. So I've been trying to do that. Um, so. Yeah, recently uh, TikTok's been trying to separate themselves from China. So TikTok's uh, parent company is um, a Chinese-based operation called ByteDance. Um, but the issue is that you know, being that TikTok's parent company is a Chinese, um, like, is a Chinese-based operation, the U.S. and U.S. users have been having some worries about their like personal data um and like just censorship issues in terms of the fact that on TikTok you it has your you know phone number has your name sometimes your age and you know you're posting videos on there so there's lots of data that can be personal data um that can be accessed um you know i guess what they're worried about is like the chinese government and like being able to tap into the personal data of us citizens um and so since that's been a worry recently and they've been having like meetings about it, um, uh, you know, what is it called? The CFI, U.S. Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States, um, like this was starting to do an investigation on it. So TikTok was already trying to separate itself from its Chinese parent company by like hiring more U.S. engineers and trying to set up a U.S.-based team um, to oversee the data management for like U.S. users. Um but yeah, it's just question questions that being been being raised by um, you know you know U.S. people, like not only users but also I guess you know the higher ups, I guess you could say. So um, recently, that's been something that's being talked about, and they're just trying to separate themselves further from their Chinese parent company so that people, U.S. users and the U.S. government, it doesn't have to worry about um, you know Chinese government or. You know, people who don't have the best intentions in mind um, getting U.S. citizen data and stuff like that. So I know a lot of you guys are like, um, you know, big on that. Me personally, I ain't tripping. You can have all the data you want from me. But I know that's a big thing for Americans. So just thought it was something you guys might be interested in. Um, Still in um, let's talk about business and e-commerce. So, recently I read an article about how online shopping on Thanksgiving hit um, $4.2 billion, which is a 14.5% increase from 2018. Um, And within all of those sales, almost half, 45% of sales were via mobile phone. So, during Thanksgiving shopping and Black Friday, not as many people are, you know, going to the stores, but it doesn't mean that they're not purchasing things. It's just that the world is kind of really translate, uh, you know, uh, what's it called? Um, anyways, moving towards like becoming e e-commerce only world, um, where everyone's buying things online on their laptops, on their phones via Alexa. Um, and according to this data for, you know, I don't know about the whole year and all sales throughout the country and stuff, but in terms of Thanksgiving Day and like Black Friday, $4.2 billion of online shopping, 45% of sales were um, purchased via mobile phones, and it's up 14.5% from 2018. So obviously, e-commerce is freaking taking over. Um, and that, for those of you that follow me on Instagram, you saw that I post that the increase in um e-commerce becoming more, uh, in demand is also going to have effect on the real estate industry, specifically the industrial real estate, industrial real estate being like, uh, manufacturing plants, warehouses, things of that nature. Because, um, with the increasing demand of e-commerce, um, where people are wanting things shipped to them overnight or in the same week and sometimes even same day, the need for more and more of these warehouses to store all of these, um, you know things that people are purchasing, and then not only storing but you know manufacturing all of these things that people are trying to buy um, via e like via online is just going to demand more and more warehouses to be built. Um, I know a lot of warehouses in the Midwest. A lot of people like work out here for warehouses. A lot of you guys know about these you know manufacturing plants, about these warehouses. Amazon is obviously building warehouses everywhere, and people are getting jobs um, from that. So. Just expect the demand of industrial real estate to increase at the same time as e-commerce, um, you know, you know, becoming more in demand. So if you're into real estate, maybe start looking into, you know, the industrial real estate world. It's very hard to, um, you know, invest and, you know, get a hand in there because it's a lot of money up front. But just remember, you don't got to do it all by yourself, you know. Um, crowdfunding, you know, investing in, a, you know, real estate investment trusts. Um, there's, you know, if you, ha- if you know people with lots of money, you can start a little syndicate and you guys can all go in on it. So just know that industrial estate is probably going to start popping off, especially with the demand of e-commerce rising and rising fast as hell. Um, but I think that's pretty crazy that 45% of sales were via mobile phone. It just shows you how the world is truly changing into this, you know, digital world, you know, over the past, you know, 15 years. Um, so it's pretty fucking crazy to me. Just thought it was something we should share. Um But guess what today is, guys? Let's talk about more business things. Small Business Saturday. Small Business Saturday. A lot of towns are, like, super excited about this. I know Kansas City, like, I've been seeing a lot of small businesses post on Instagram about Small Business Saturday. Make sure you go stop shop at your local mom-and-pop retailers or mom-and-pop shops in general. Like, just go and, you know, make sure you're giving money to your local small businesses. Um... I think it was saying in the data that last year shoppers spent. uh, Let me see. Let me see if I can find it. There it is. Seventeen point eight billion dollars at small independent retailers and restaurants, Um, and that was the highest of any year since uh, the small small business Saturday event began in two thousand ten. I know since 2012, like it's increased a lot. So from 2012 to 2019, seven years, Small Business Saturday has been pulling in a lot of, um, you know, money, lot of bread. I think it was five and a half billion in 2012, and then like they just said, 2018 was 17.8 billion, which was the highest since Small Business Saturday started in 2010. Um, uh, according to the data, it's been going up and down. There was a huge jump from 2013 to 2014 where it jumped from $5.5 billion, five billion to $14.5 billion. Um, and then it's been, you know, above 14 or, you know, except for 2017 and dropped to 12 but it's been in the double-digit billions um, since 2014. Um, so 2014, it was $14.5. 2015, it was $16.5. Then it went back down in 2016 and then lowered in 2017. Then a big jump in 2018. So um, when today's over, today's Small Business Saturday is over. Um, we'll see what you know the the funds add up to, and see if it goes and jumps to the twenty billions. I hope it does, man. We really need to start supporting our local mom and pop stores, um, especially in the black communities. We have a lot of um, black entrepreneurs trying to start businesses and invest in the community, but we are not supporting them because it's not Gucci, it's not Prada, it's not Nike, it's not Adidas. Um, And, you know, even though it's being made with the same cloth and uh, there's a lot of effort going into it and people are really working hard. So support your local artists, support your local small businesses, not only on Small Business Saturday, which um, specifically for those of you who don't know, is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, But not only, you know, on Small Business Saturday, but every week, you know, try to go and spend your money at a small business And it's understandable if the quality of service is not good. But if the quality of service is equal to, you know, anywhere else, then invest in your community, my geez. Invest in your communities, especially these small businesses, because they need it to stay alive. Um, So just show love, man. Show love. But, uh, yeah, man, I hope a lot of you guys are, you know, trying to start small businesses on the side. You know, I don't think that everyone is born to be an entrepreneur or born to, um, you know, be the number one or the CEO of a company. But I do believe that everyone should have their small little side hustle on the side. You know, work your nine to five. That's fine. I'm not hating on nobody. That's not my personal dream. and That's not what I want to do. But for those of you who do that, do that. Work your seven to three. Work your nine to five. Work your four thirty to twelve thirty. But make sure you have a side hustle on the side. Um, where you're pulling in extra bread and just doing something off your own muscle. And I'm sure that you'll feel more fulfilled and happy because you're doing it off your own muscle and anything you do independently um, will, you know, cause a lot of fulfillment. Um, So I just think it's dope to um, really support our small businesses and then also try to, you know, start our small little businesses, little side hustles on the side for ourselves. It's It's a powerful thing to, you know, own, you know, what you have or what you started. It's a powerful thing to be in control of something that you thought of and that you put into action through lots of blood, sweat and tears. It's it's a beautiful thing. So I really suggest um, for people to start their own side hustles. I'm trying to find one of my own right now. So we're all going through it. Um, so, so far we've talked about tech, we've talked about business, we've talked about e-commerce, a little bit about real estate. Um, and one thing that we can't forget about is music, bro. And a crazy story that I just read recently. Um, lots of you know and lots of you don't know that I'm a huge grime fan. So grime is like a, a British genre of music, which Americans would consider British rap, but they don't really consider it. I mean, it's rap, but it's like their own thing. They don't consider it like American hip hop. Like they're They have their own swag. There's like this whole thing about beats per minute and like how fast you're supposed to rap over it or the cadences like it's literally a different genre of music but for Americans to make it easy for us to understand we can just call it the British version of hip-hop or rap but I'm a huge gram artist fan and Stormzy which is one of the like biggest gram artists um in the world um I would say he was like he's like the Drake or I'd say he's like the Drake of, of, of grime. There's a lot of artists that are huge grime artists, Skepta, um, Stormzy, Jamie. Jamie. Um, like There's a lot of big artists, Wiley. Um, but Stormzy, I think, is kind of like the Drake of, in my opinion, grime for the UK and just worldwide You know, fans of grime. But anyways, I just read a recent article talking about how he denied a Hove verse. He denied a verse from Hov, from the H to the Izo, V to the Iso, H-O-V, Hova, Jay-Z. He denied a verse from Jay-Z. And um, Stormzy is one of his idols, like growing up, his biggest idol that, you know, got him into music is Jay-Z. And he had this opportunity to um, get Jay-Z on the song that him and Ed Sheeran were collabing on, which was Take Me Back to London. Um But when they were in the studio and they were vibing and Jay-Z started recording, um, Stormzy just said that Jay-Z, like having Jay-Z on the song, just changed the whole mood of the song, completely altered it. And it wasn't really what he was shooting for. Like he didn't like it. And it wasn't like it wasn't it just wasn't as powerful as it was with just him and Ed Sheeran and adding Jay-Z just like it wasn't authentic to the song. And he said, like, him and Jay-Z had a conversation and, like, about, you know, Stormzy's, like, you know, journey and black culture and community and, like, the importance of, um, you know, community and music and about Jay-Z's journey to the top. And they had a great conversation And after they were done having that uh, conversation, which I think Stormzy said was, like, an hour long. It was, like, a great – he said it was one of his greatest conversations of life. Um he, Jay-Z asked, like, so what do you think about the song? And Stromsey just kept it a buck and said that if he didn't ask, he probably would have just wrote, written his verse and, you know, let it ride. But since Jay-Z asked, like, you know, that he had to be honest and just say that having him on the song just changed the whole vibe and he's not really with it. So, like, I just thought that was a crazy story because, like, Jay-Z, having a Jay-Z on a song is, like, first off, having Jay-Z on a song is just lit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's super lit. So, um, and it's gonna, you know, not that Stormzy's clout chasing because Stormzy's already one of the hugest artists in the world. Um, but you know, if he was looking for clout, that's a perfect person to have on. And then, just as a, you know, hip hop artist in general, to have Jay Z on one of your songs is one of the most legendary things ever. Especially if you looked up to him. So, I thought it was pretty crazy that, um, you know, that. He had the balls and like courage to really value his music and and keep it authentic and reject a Jay Z verse. And uh, when I read that on when I read that, I was just like, "Wow, that's just crazy." Um, so I thought y'all might want to know too. But let me know your thoughts. Would you deny a, a Jay Z verse if it didn't fit the song, or would you just keep the Jay Z verse because Jay Z is a freaking legend? Let me know in the comment section. Um, Okay, so this is going to be a shorter podcast today, a little 30-minute one. So the last thing I want to talk about is, unfortunately, one of our favorite local Chicago, not local because I don't live in Chicago, but one of our favorite Chicago artists, Lil Reese, was unfortunately shot and severely injured a couple weeks ago, um, shot in the neck, but he survived. Um, and But Lil Reese recently shared that, unfortunately, the shooting has caused him to lose his voice, so he's not... I don't know. I didn't read the full article, so I'm not sure if he's like lost his voice in totality and will never be able to speak again, or what. But it seems that he's recovering to the best of his abilities. He's posted on Instagram, and he survived. That's the most important. Um, And you know, we just wish him, you know, a safer, safer future, and hopefully he heals very well, and you know, everything gets figured out well. And I just wanted to send some love out to him and his family. I am a Lil Reese fan, at least when I was younger growing up. So I just wanted to, you know, show some love, uh, let the people know that he is um, healing, that he is still alive, that he did survive, and just to keep him in your prayers. Um, So shout out to Chicago artists. Shout out to the Chicago Chicago music scene. You guys have been putting out crazy talented artists at like (laughs) – at high speeds over the past 10 years, like just new artists all the time, every year. Like just so many of them. Um so shout out to Chicago. You guys are breeding great artists. Great, great, great artists. So um yeah man, shout out to Lil Reese, shout out to uh Chance the Rapper, shout out to Chief keith shout out to um G herbo, shout out to Lil Bib, you know what I'm saying? Just shout out to shout out to all the Chicago artists, man. Especially from here in Kansas City, we love y'all. We definitely look up to y'all, and we're trying to get on y'all level, um, but doing it like you know in our own little Kansas City way. So that's that. Also, with the last forty-five seconds, I just want to shout out some Kansas City artists. Go check them out. Kai Colors, K Y E, and then Colors as it sounds. Go check them out. There's a space in between that. Kai space Colors. Um, go check out. Go check out A Sean um, and. Uh, let's see, who else we want to shout out? Go go check out Juby Truth, you know what I'm saying? Go check out the Royal Chief who I recorded a podcast with recently, but the audio didn't work. So we're going to get him back on soon. Um, With that being said, I love you guys. Sending lots of love to all the listeners. Thank you for dropping in to listen and uh, peace and love from the Culture Talks. Look forward to talking to you guys soon. Go share this.